0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at CityLifelancing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning, hello, God is going to do something powerful today. How am I so confident of that? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is unlimited. His presence is omni, always there. He's omnipresent. And he's ready to transform us in new, fresh ways today. Tuesday in staff meeting, we listened to a newer song That's Wait on You. It's by Maverick City Music, and it's been a theme in our life as a staff and in my own personal life to try to wait on the Lord. Easier said than done. I say try because a lot of times we want to move on. But God says we find strength when we wait. And as we waited to start our meeting and worshiped in that song, one of the thoughts that came to mind was this. We don't have to find strength. His strength finds us. And I pray today, no matter what strength you need, we receive the power of heaven right here, right now. Let's pray. Father, we wait upon you. Just like the worship team was saying, we wait upon the Lord. And those that wait will renew their strength. We'll fly like eagles. We'll run and not be weary. We'll walk and not faint. And we thank you that your strength is here today in Jesus Christ's name. If you believe it, say a big amen. amen. One time we were at a um, a club gym membership where you got a... One of the more prestigious places that you got to definitely got to be a member and show your ID, you're going to get checked at the door. I mean, that's anywhere, you know, but there's some places where you can get in a little quicker and a little easier. Well, we're playing hoop, five-on-five games, getting a little intense. You got people of all ages trying to paint a picture for you. You got 20-year-olds, you got people of all races, you got 40-year-olds, you even got a couple 60-year-olds, and you got a couple 70-year-olds, believe it or not, that could just sit in the corner and, you know, let one fly. Uh, Not running up and down, definitely cherry picking at at that age and stage. And then a little discord happened, meaning there's a little tension that arose in the game. And my friend, who's known to pick a fight, picks a fight with this dude. They start hollering, and finally the dude says to him, he goes, Are you even a member here? And that was kind of his comeback. And I thought, man, where does that come from? But I think we can all relate with that idea. Either we've made people feel you need to be a member to play or we felt that we can't enter in or unwelcome that we don't belong and to question our membership. In that particular scenario, If we scratch the surface, it might be because my friend grew up in the trailer park, and maybe they know that. It could be because he's a little rough on the edge a little bit, or maybe uh, a curse is like a sailor a little bit more. But for whatever reason, when the fight arose, are you even a member here? (laughs) What a dig. I think, friend, I wonder if we've ever made people feel that way here. And I'm sad to say, I'm sure we have. And I pray as we look at Acts chapter 8 today, we're going to see a story of belonging in such a powerful way. Today is titled, The Spirit Says You Belong. Not are you a member. The Spirit says you belong. Going through Acts, we ended kind of up in uh, Acts 4 last week, some highlights. Acts 5 moves to uh, more of the church in motion, the holiness of the church. There's land being sold. There's... Um, the Just the the gravity of a weight of Ananias and Sapphira uh, not being honest in their offering. And they drop dead, disobeying God. It's perplexing. That's Acts 5. And then Acts 6, one of the greatest team moments ever where there's a complaint, the Hellenists, Crowd is yelling that the widows are being neglected. The body of Christ rises up to serve. People are chosen to administer food. Stephen is chosen. Acts 6, moving into 7, Stephen preaches. And then eventually Stephen becomes the first martyr of the church where he's killed. And then we move into Acts 8 and the person who oversaw that death was a famous individual named Saul who you might know him as Paul. Later converted and wrote the most books in all of the New Testament. So Acts chapter 8 verse 1 it says uh, so there, 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 Stephen had been killed and now we're picking up the story. Saul agreed with putting him to death. And on that day A severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Being killed for your faith, killed for preaching, killed for serving. And then now there's severe persecution breaking out in the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is where it started. They waited upon the Lord. The Holy Spirit came. Remember, many signs and wonders were there. Thousands were added daily. Well, how could a church in Jerusalem then experience persecution? Because all the time, we're so, you know what we are? We're numbers junkies. We're like, well, look, this is exactly how the church needs to grow. Well, if you like Acts 2, you got to love Acts 8. Because the church sometimes will experience some radical growth, but growth also looks like sometimes being scattered for the sake of the cause of Christ. Sometimes it looks like getting in our prayer closet when no one's looking. Sometimes it looks like crying and waiting upon the Lord when we don't have answers. Eventually, Paul is used uh, to bring an offering. That's why we, we read our whole Bible to know the story chronologically. There's so much. And then when we get more of the pieces, we're like, whoa, this is cool. But also heavy. Paul takes an offering For the same church that sold everything and not one person had a need. He brings the offering back. He's trying to bring the offering back to the church in Jerusalem. (laughs) Wow. God was the God of signs and wonders, but he was also the God that was leading them through the scattering. As there's persecution. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Remember uh, uh, back in Acts 1. That we'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Sometimes when we think there's a war, sometimes when we think there's severe persecution, we think it's what the enemy's doing, but God's using it for us to get out of our comfort zone. To get out of our own space. Get out of our own head. Get out of our own channel. Devout men buried Stephen. And mourn deeply over him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house. Drag off men and women. And put them in prison. Saul was committed to the God of Israel. Practicing Judaism. He thinks what he's doing is right. But the true church is being dragged off into prison. And as it continues, it says, so, so those who were scattered went on their way. This is so cool. You would think if they were persecuted, you would think if they're scattered, they would be complaining, they would be mad, they would be politicking, they would be advocating, they would be doing everything possible to see change happen. Well, they realized the greatest change that could happen happens in somebody's soul. So they As they were scattered, they went on their way preaching the word. I I know I feel automatically challenged reading this. I hope everyone's seat and your seat at home feels a little uncomfortable right now. Because comfort is like the boiling frog principle. You start to be in this water, and if the heat's turned up slowly but surely, you get boiled to death. But if you get a little uncomfortable, you're going to jump out quick. And God lets the heat happen. It purifies us. It sanctifies us. And then as we go about, we remember that our job is to witness. So they go about and witness. And then there's this cool individual, his name is Philip. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. So here's the God of Israel, Jerusalem, now moving on the outside. And here's what's happening. Uh, One of the main points I want us to get today is the church is going wild. Wild things are happening, but now the church are going where the wild things are. The church is getting so wild, they're like, oh, my goodness, it's not just in the walls anymore. More people can be members. More people can belong. And then as the chapter continues, Philip has this cool, cool story. It's my favorite story of baptism. So we're going to go there because today is a day where people are getting baptized. You might be watching this at home, and you're like, I want to be baptized, and I'm not there. You could sign up, get baptized in person next time, or you could just find somebody and say, I want to be baptized today. And they can baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as baptism represents us going public of what is taking place in faith, that we are brand new, dead in sin, but now we're alive in Christ. So we are no longer dead, but we are made alive. We're born again, so we get baptized to tell the whole world. But look at how the spirit moves in this story. Y'all still with me? I know we're going a little fast. I want to to cover a lot of ground. And then eventually I believe the Lord wants us to just get impacted by the power of heaven today. Uh, Verse 26. And an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Already intrigued, friends? Angels don't just speak to me every day. Now I've had an encounter where you can't make it up. God has used people. It says sometimes even when you entertain strangers, you might be entertaining an angel. And there's been some strangers that have spoke to me, and I'm not sure if they're an angel, but I can tell you this. The impact their words spoke to my life was undoubtedly used by God. One time on a retreat, I was praying, fasting. God, I, I can't do this. I'll never be good enough. I don't belong. What's Why would you use me? And then these two elderly folk walking across the street and I was right behind them. I was right in front of them, actually, and I turned around. They were right behind me and I bumped them because I was going to go back the other way and they were like, hey, don't stop now. We're following you. You're leading us. That phrase led me to my prayer closet. Don't stop now. Oh, Oh my God, there's people following. Follow Jesus. Okay. And that led to Sounds good, be going, becoming a nonprofit. That led to, uh, with 30,000 albums given to people, 10,000 people professing Jesus, that led to Get Rooted being planted at many different churches. It led to uh, evangelistic work by two strangers, and I'm not sure if an angel spoke to me that day through them, but I remember pausing. There was a lot of people around. I tried to look for them, and I couldn't find them. Maybe, okay, we don't always need to see just an angel, but I believe this. God is still moving and speaking, whether it's through an angelic encounter Or through an individual. That could be we're entertaining an angel through a stranger. (laughs) And this is exactly what took place to Philip. Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So we have divine, divine, divine leading, leading. So here's what Philip does. 27. So he got up and he went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch. A high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. Now, to be that close to a queen and be a male and means to not have you as a threat, to, to sleep with the queen. They emasculated. That's what a eunuch means. And if you got to know what that means, hey, kids at the room, you might ask mom and dad. That means, hey... There's been a level of cut off for the sake of your job title. Membership has changed. Not welcome here to oversee money. This person knows sacrifice. This person knows what it's like to feel I don't fit in. He had come to worship in Jerusalem. And what's interesting about this is some scholars believe that for him to travel. Now, modern-day modern Ethiopia is not the same place as biblical, what is talked about here. What is talked about here, Egypt, just south of Egypt would be where Cush is. Uh, just south of that is where this individual is from. And scholars believe that he's traveled over somewhere roughly around 1,500 miles via chariot. Uh, so travel the long distance, 1,500 miles. If you and I did that at 60 miles per hour, I don't know math buffs in the room. Somebody's got it right. But well, It's a long distance, and by chariot, it's, it's days. This is traveling, traveling, traveling to come to worship. And what's interesting about being a eunuch to to believe in God of Israel to believe, and many people believe that he was a converted. He was converted already into Judaism, but a Gentile already converted, whether he was already converted or not converted, the way the Spirit reaches him is going to be so profound. But when he gets to Jerusalem, one thing he knows for sure, when the temple worship is taking place, he can't go in. People at the door are like, nah, are you even a member here? You're a eunuch? No, you can't come in. Eunuchs can't come in. They're defected. They can't come in. So they can worship outside, but you can't come in. And what we're going to see what he felt is God's going to come to him. But what he felt was this. Do not enter. You don't belong here. Do not enter. You don't belong here. And what's so cool about his story is he was like, hey, even though I can't enter, I still believe. Whoa. Because a lot of times we'll say, hey, how somebody treated me, I'm not going to believe anymore. And there's this famous story of, about Gandhi. Um. If you know Gandhi, uh, he's, pro- I don't know, maybe one of the, the, if not one of the greatest human beings that's ever walked to the face of this planet. Socially, uh, justice, reconciliation, um, economic, peace, love. He's, he's kind of coined the phrase, be the change you want to see. was well, this crazy famous story about him that he shows up at a uh, Christian event in Calcutta. And he's not allowed to go in and he's not allowed to go in because, hey, you're dressed wrong and you're not the right nationality to come in for this particular event. You can come back at another time. And what was intriguing Gandhi to even go in the first place was this sermon on the Mount. It was Jesus. It was looking at Jesus. And then wanted to show up and be like, what's these Jesus people doing? I want to realize. And he's got this quote. I'd be a Christian if it were not for the Christians. Now, Gandhi, there's some truth to to marinate on there, right? For us to be like, wow, am I creating a stumbling block for anybody to belong? Right? Am I um, stopping somebody based on dress accent, language, race, money. Am I stopping somebody from getting in? But what, there's also another point though, Gandhi knew, he read. He made a grave mistake to deny Jesus just because of an interaction with his people. Because if we apply that same logic, guess what? You wouldn't do anything. There's bad examples of everything. But the message of who Jesus is is perfect. Perfect and true. Oh my goodness, look at Jesus today. And there's great healthy churches that show that, and we got to examine our lives, but we're all prone to mistakes. But he's the great one. So everyone has to be accountable when they hear the gospel. Everyone's dead in sin apart from hearing Jesus. And what's fascinating about the Ethiopian eunuch, even though he couldn't belong inside, he already believed. Unlike Gandhi, he he knew what it felt to be on the outside, but yet was still like, I believe. Believe, but he didn't fully understand yet. Fully understand the story goes on in in, in verse 28. And and he was sitting in his chariot and on his way home, going to travel 1,500 miles again. He's reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. Now, when me and you read our scripture out loud today, or read our scripture, we're not reading it out loud. Now, back in that day, they're reading out loud. Like you show up at a coffee shop, you start reading out loud at a coffee shop, you're going to feel some type of way. Are you even a member here? (laughs) You don't belong. In fact, you got to go. You ever walked into a coffee shop and then you realize? you ever asked? I, I, first time I started drinking coffee, I asked about coffee. Man, you want to feel like you don't belong real quick. Start asking, what does this mean? Dude, it's like pin drop stop and everyone's looking like, we got a newbie. We got a newbie. I thank God the owner came out because the owner started to uh, 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 tell me, coach me. I was like, hey, dude, I don't know the difference between uh, single origin and Speedway. Sorry, you know. And I, I know, and that's supposed to be the most accepting, right? But this is real. Because we naturally gravitate, we all do this. People that are just like us. We say we're so accepting. Come on. No. In fact, I believe if we're honest about that, we start to recognize we naturally aren't. Why? Because our sin in our heart, our heart is, is, is wicked apart from Christ. And then when we get the love of Christ in us, it breaks all boxes and barriers. And so here is the Ethiopian eunuch reading out loud. Isaiah. And the spirit here. Oh, this is so cool. The spirit told Philip. An angel tells Philip, go this way. And now the spirit is going to tell Philip, go and join that chariot. Wow. I'm going to go to this stranger. I don't know. He's not like me. I don't know where he's going. But I want to serve you, God. Let me get close. Secondly, we always got to know this. The Spirit says you, you belong, and the Spirit is always leading. I had a friend tell me once, if you're really willing to listen to God, he won't leave you alone. If you're really willing to listen to God, he won't leave you alone. It means when we drive, sometimes it's not music we need. When we're stuck at a light or a train or have a frustration or we long to see somebody saved and the good news to impact their soul, we long for them to come home and the doors open. You are welcome. Maybe we've got to get inside their chariot and show up in their spheres it's not enough to say we love people and not become close and like the people we say we love. And we, we all, look, in this in Christians, we want to see the whole world transform. We believe God made everybody. So we, ha- like, we have to love everybody, but we would want to love everybody, you know? And the story continues in verse 30. When Philip ran up to him, he heard him. I like this because Philip hears and then he runs up to him. I felt like God told me to witness to somebody one time in the mall. Dude was like 6'4", tatted up, Asian, uh, had tats on his face, big dude. And God was like, turn around and go go tell him about me. I'm like, oh, no, no. He's going to think I'm just telling about him because he's got tats and stuff. And... He's like, no, no, no. I want you to go back. And I, my heart's beating through my chest. I go all the way down the mall. And finally, I come back and I, I say a couple words. I fumble over it and I didn't do a great job. And, he, and even when I walked to him, like, God, did I do it right? He's like, Well, you, you told him God loves him, but you didn't tell him which God. <laughs> I was like, Do I gotta go back again? He was like, No, but that was good training ground. Cause I was just like, Hey, I don't know why. Uh, like, my, my name's Jerome. It was more like this. Like, my name's Jerome. Like, but like, it's good to meet you. And I just want. to, I feel like God loves you. And he was there with some of his friends to stand at me. And I walked away and I was like. Okay, God is a big thought, but Jesus is the God who loves him. And I was challenged that day, but I didn't run up to him, and I didn't do it quick. Philip ran up to him, and he did it quick. And he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and said, do you understand what you're reading? This is so cool. When we find somebody that has a, Maybe a question or a longing or doing something wrong. Are we asking them, hey, do you know what you're doing to really help them? Or we do, do we ask them that to police them? To kind of profile them, put them in a category and say, hey, hey, you can't belong here. You know, when it comes to baptism, um, it's interesting. Now, this is not a knock on the church. I, I love the church, it's the bride of Christ. I say this with all reverence and humility. But to become, to come at the Lord's table, you just come. But in certain denominations, in certain churches, in order to become a member there, you have to be baptized in that church. So if you were baptized somewhere else, you have to get baptized again. And look, I, I don't claim to be ever the most schooled dude in the world, but but I'm not also, this isn't my first rodeo, and got schooling, got stuff. But but But, but here's the thing, at the end of the day, I just... That's a big jump for me. I'm like, man, you, when someone asked me if they had to be, uh, they got baptized before, but they had to be baptized again, uh, if they had to be baptized at City Life. I said, hey, all due respect, but I don't even know where that question comes from. Where, where, uh, How do you find that? Is that like advanced? That must be doctorate level. Where did that come from? I Just, man, call me. Man, I, I, I get too smart for my own good. Where did that come from, right? And where does it come from? We're going to see this I don't know. I think Christ makes it a little simpler. And that's with reverence. I, I could 100% be wrong and like we can agree to disagree, but I, but I think even symbolically, if someone wanted to get baptized again, one, you could be like, getting baptized is once final. We don't ever have to get baptized again, right? Like In Jesus Christ, get baptized. It's, it's work complete. But if somebody also wanted to get baptized, I didn't know there was beef that you can't get baptized again. So there's second tiers. There's beef about you can't get baptized symbolically. I'm like, yo, if somebody wants, if if they've been living reckless and they feel like it's a moment in their life, like, whoa, they can use that as a prayer. It's It's an act of faith, you know? So I don't know. I just think, I think the longer I've known Jesus, the more comfortable I want to get. But I think the more we know Jesus, the more he wants to break us and get into the mess and jump in somebody's chariot and ask them, hey, do you know what you're reading? Verse 31. How can I? Here's the Ethiopian eunuch. Like I've traveled and I'm worshiping, but how do I know? Unless somebody guides me. So how beautiful are the feet, who those who bring the good news. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. He's like, come here, you're invited. Come sit with me. This is awesome. And it says, now the scripture, the passage he was reading, was out of Isaiah. Out of Isaiah 53. He was like a sheep. To the slaughter, as a lamb is silent before a shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, justice was denied him. We see horrific and tragic injustices before us all the time. And hopefully not before our own eyes because we would stand in the gap. And any change we can make, whether that's locally or globally, we should all try to do our part, right? But at some level, may we always remember the greatest injustice that ever took place was on the cross. Jesus dying for murderers, rapists, greed. All the evil we could dream or think of. Hate. Prejudices, racism. Everything you can think of in his humiliation was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who's this prophet saying this about? Is this about himself, Isaiah? Or is this about someone else? And here's Philip. Philip says, hey, this isn't about my church. This isn't about Israel. This isn't about Jerusalem. Let me tell you what every page in that Bible is about. Let me tell you what every story you'll ever read is about. Let me tell you about the invitation that you belong, no matter where you come from, that you're in. And he proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus. And he began with that scripture. So he begins right there and says, look, this scripture points to Jesus. It's fulfilled in Jesus. If you've seen the Love the City truck, this is what's on the back of it. This truck represents us getting past the walls to be like Philip and get close to people. And not come around each person and be like, hey, tell me about your church background. Hey, you've been cut off, Unit. What's going on? Hey, tell me how much you know about the text. Hey, tell me where you're at. Do you know about Jerusalem? Do you know? Hey, well, you know what's going on in the Middle East right now? Ah, oh, hey, we want them to know this. Not us, but God loves them, and therefore we. But it's the love of God that sent Jesus. That the gospel is love. The gospel speaks identity. Hey, I see you. I see your race. I see where you're at. God's made you beautiful, unique. I see all the pain you're in. And I'm just like you. Different story, but in pain too, in need of a savior. And I want to tell you, man, love found me and love's here to find you. Why? Because you belong. Who says that? Is it city life? No, no, no. God says that you belong. And then God says, hey, you don't just belong. I've gifted you, created you for good works in advance that you would walk in them. And then people start to get alive and discover their gifts. So Philip starts walking them through the same thing I pray we do as we go about our day at our jobs and our lives. And he probably led them to a couple chapters later in Isaiah. Look at this. You imagine this Ethiopian eunuch looking for longing, wanting to know, oh, my goodness, are you Hitting me, what I'm reading is for me. And then he gets to know this. For the Lord says this for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant. Pause, don't go to the next one. Okay, he's probably leaning in. He's like, I'm a eunuch. What do you mean? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've read this passage before. Philip, tell me, tell me. It's like something happens. You know, it's like it's like you could sit in church for decades, and then when the spirit hits you, something happens. You know, something happens. That moment, and look how magical this moment is. Supernatural what takes place. I will give them in my house and within my walls. They belong. A memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name. That will, this language is key, never be cut off. So when you come to the Lord's table... Hey, You might have served in the palace with the queen and there was a certain level of being cut off to serve her and I I recognize that, but there's a day fulfilled that you will never be cut off to be at the Lord's table. It's just as you are when you put your faith in Jesus. You have a memorial, you have a name, you're a son, you're a daughter, the spirit says you belong. You imagine how jacked he must have been. Oh yeah, woo! He's so excited. Why do we know he's so excited? (laughs) Because we're gonna see in just a moment. He gets baptized. He's like, what? Because ultimately, we are telling people the entrance of Jesus is for you. Do I got to be baptized to come there? Whoa. What do I got to wear? Whoa. Where'd you get that? It's for you. Come on in. Does that mean somebody can just go reckless and do whatever? No, of course not. But man, may we meet them the way Jesus does. Through his spirit. Through a messenger like Philip. And Philip tells him, you know what he tells him? Entrance granted. You belong to Jesus forever. You imagine that feeling? I just went to Jerusalem. I couldn't get into the temple. And now there's a preacher telling me I'm in? Yeah. Yeah. He's in. And the story ends this way. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. Now you're starting to see a response. There's a connection. The spirit led Philip. But now the eunuch's getting it. He's believing, and he wants to respond. Don't get baptized for somebody else. Get baptized because God has called you. You believe God's real. No matter what that costs, you do. You do. No matter what it costs. Because the longing we've all been searching for is found in Jesus. And when he finds you, you didn't find him, you want to do whatever it takes to let the whole world know. Look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? What is it that would keep us from being baptized today? What? I pray nothing. So he ordered the chariot to stop And both Philip and eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them. And when they came up of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way. And I'll ask you the question again, what would keep me from being baptized? Nothing. So get baptized today and tell the whole world you belong to Jesus. To do that, you might want to make it public and in a church family. Man, by all means. Church membership is important. But know this, when we put our faith in Jesus and there's discipline and there's uh, structure and orthodoxies matter and doctrine, all of that is important. But we make it easy. To find Jesus, hopefully. Remove every barrier. Just meet him. And let the spirit and leaders shape and mold us and only follow in leaders as they follow Jesus. But when we get baptized, it's letting the whole world know like I, I belong to him. It's just, I- I'm Christ's. You can sign up at the website if you're like, I want this to be in church community. Do that. Or you could find someone who's a believer in your life, say, hey, baptize me. And they can. How cool would that be? And let us know. We'd love to celebrate that with you today. And lastly, as we close, Maybe you feel that you don't belong. Maybe you felt rejected. Maybe it's been so hard. Maybe that's came from people. Maybe that's come from our own perception of how people see us. And what's so powerful about the Ethiopian eunuch story is there's many angles, but one of which is that it didn't even matter that he couldn't in get in. He still knew that he believed in who God was because his God was holy. He was perfect, and he was waiting upon the Lord. And that longing to belong, God will meet us there. It's fulfilled in Jesus. Let's help people belong. Let's make sure people feel they belong. And it's in Jesus Christ. And right now, God, I pray for your people, that they will hear the Spirit saying, you belong. And right now, as your people, we wait upon you. What chariot do we get in? Who do we talk to? Who do we preach to? Let us not have a bunch of excuses. Let us dive in today. Because holy is your name and it's worth everything we have. We wait upon you. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.